What's up you guys, it's Graham here. So I have a really special guest on the channel today. He is the tech lead from the Tech Lead Show, brought to you by the Tech Lead. That's right, I'm an ex-Google Tech Lead, and I am the Tech Lead. Do you have a name, or is it just the Tech Lead? I do have a name, but oftentimes people will forget that I'm actually a Tech Lead, okay. so I prefer people just call me by that title. Okay, now the funny thing is, I found your video almost a year ago, Passive Income, How You Make $40,000 a Year, by doing nothing. That's how I found your channel and that's how I started watching your videos. And it's really cool to see what you've done. And I think I, I, you have an amazing story that I really wanted to share on this channel, which you became a millionaire in your 20s, correct? Yeah, that's right. So I've been running passive income for a while now. Yeah. Um, and actually I was a millionaire probably when I was age 25. So wow. I became a millionaire by running a number of personal apps, right? So I can say that there were probably three to four different apps that I had built through coding projects that generated significant revenue over time, mm -hmm. right? So one of those projects was Human Pets. That was like a social network. Mm -hmm. And that one I built out when like Facebook platform was popular. I pretty much wrote that trend. And, you know, I just built out a social network and started charging some money for memberships, getting some ad revenue from that. And through that, I was able to generate, say, $500,000 or so over the course of the lifetime. How did you learn how to do that? Did you go to college? How did you have an interest in doing it? How did, how did all of this come to be? So I think for me, it was really about tackling a new trend early. So I had to teach myself all of these coding exercises, right? Like, I did go to college for computer science, but they did not teach a lot of the web technologies that I would be using on. They taught mostly hardcore, like C++ and stuff like that. Later on, I had to learn a bunch of new web technologies. And so at the time, I was working at Sony Pictures doing a standard 9-to-5 job, 75K salary. And when I started building on this project, it was starting to pay like $1,000 a day, maybe $2,000 a day here and there. And it was generating far more than my day job. So at some point, I just quit that job. And then I actually went to London to start traveling remotely and become sort of like a digital nomad uh, traveling and working because there was actually nothing holding me back, right? There was no reason I had to be in a specific location. Did you go to college for any of this? I did go to college for computer science, but at the same time, a lot of these technologies, I had to learn myself. Like this was about web technologies and scaling up databases, things like that. And you know, I built like three or four web projects over time that would each generate, say, $500,000 or so each. And over a long period of time, they would actually generate that amount of revenue, bringing about a million dollars in total. That's incredible. So how many apps did you do to reach the million-dollar point at 25? Yeah, I would say um, there were probably three different apps or so, each one bringing in about a third of that income, right? And I also had co-founders for some of these apps as well. Um, and this is really about perhaps, you know, riding a new trend or a wave, mm -hmm. getting that distribution power. Maybe it was about another app, cloning another app that was very popular, and then, you know, adding my own spin onto that. And then there may be another app which is really about just um, learning to monetize it in a better way. How sustainable is apps? Because my understanding is that you can make a lot of money for a short amount of time, and then maybe something changes or a new trend comes in, and the income can drop significantly. Has that been the case? Yeah, so apps are not very sustainable at all. And these days you can say that, you know, for example, YouTube shows may be the new app, right? Like 
I feel that people are not making so many apps anymore. On average, people will download like say one app a month or something like that. Yeah. So the app market is pretty tough these days. But what is pretty trendy these days is say being an influencer and then pushing and then gaining that distribution power through platforms like YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter. Yeah. So after you made all of these apps, at what point did you then start working for Google? So for me, I was building out these apps and some of them have been profitable for a while. And there was one set of apps that I had converted over to an iPhone app. And that's when I started learning more about iPhone technologies. And then that's when I applied to Google and got a job there. But the interesting thing was that I had been doing this when I was actually in Japan. So I was over there working remotely, working on my own stuff. Mm. And the app market was pretty tough, right? Like some of this stuff would be doing okay, but iPhone apps, you know, that's kind of a tough area to be in. And then at the time I had also met my girlfriend who would become my wife. And it started occurring to me that I may want more stable income at that point. And, mm. you know, being able to supply everybody with health insurance. And health insurance, at least in the United States, it's notoriously difficult to get high-quality health insurance. And it's expensive. Own. Yeah, very expensive. Um, and I didn't want to, like, really cheap out on some of this stuff. And I also realized that, hey, if I were to have a kid, which I have now, that's going to really lock me down, and I wouldn't be necessarily traveling all the time. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changed the, some of my perspectives on do I really want to be a digital nomad going around working independently versus did I want to just grab a standard job and get that stable income? What was it actually like, though, to work at Google? Is it everything that that people kind of imagine it to be? Like it's this playground of amazing uh, smart people and all of these, you know, entrepreneurs and everyone kind of coming together with this creative mindset. What's it like? Well, I think that Google offers a pretty nice work-life balance, at least for me it did, right? Compared to, say, really, at least when I was working on my own apps, I would be very cheap and very frugal on things. So I did not go out to very good lunches. I did not go to very good dinners. Google kind of provides you with healthy cooked food. So they give you a standard of living for me, I would say, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Um. So before where I would be climbing around looking for free food samples at like Costco and shops looking for like free candy, Google just kind of provided that for me. And so that helped me at least raise my standard of living. Now, going back to the frugal lifestyle, how do you live? Because I think, you know, becoming a millionaire in your 20s, either you're making so much money that you're just, you know, blowing money everywhere or you take the opposite approach and you save a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about how much you would spend and what your lifestyle was and how you were living? Yeah, so I tend to be very frugal. And one reason for that is because I had made a million in my 20s, but at the same time, that revenue stream ended pretty abruptly, mm-hmm. right? It stopped quickly. And so with that experience, I knew that this would not last me forever and I needed to continue to have income or this could be the only thing I would have, right? Because there would be moments in my life where I would just say, well, I'm done coding. I'm not going to get back into that. I'm going to go into day trading. I want to become a day trader. That makes my future revenue stream very risky and very unpredictable. So for me, I try to save all of that because it may just last me forever. And And it becomes very apparent when you have a net worth, but you don't have income flow. Right. So I think that a lot of people who are working standard jobs, they go and they say, 
well, today I made $500 today. So they feel that they can go spend $50 per day and they feel pretty good about that. But for me, it was more about, hey, maybe I have a million dollars in the bank account and that number only goes down every day. Yeah. And it needs to last forever. Yeah. So based on that reasoning, I tried to be very frugal with my expenses. Making a lot of money at a young age and then having that income flow cut off, right? Because apps are a fat-based business. It made me really start to value the time value of having mm -hmm. money while I was young. Because I knew that if the only thing I did was just sit back, by the time people, by the time my other peers would get to age 40, 50, they would also get to, say, a million dollars. Right. And then the edge that I had, all the glory of, say, being able to make that money young, it would kind of wear off, right? Like, what did I really get from having that young? Um, and I kind of thought, well, at least there's the compounding value of money. Correct. Right. But even still, like, I didn't feel that that time compounding value of money was really worth all that much. Okay. So for me, what I was looking for was, so for me, what I was looking for was to experience that money while I was younger. Got it. Where do you invest your money? I know that you're a real estate agent. And one thing is that I did try to get into housing, right? Uh, I think last year I bid on like five to 10 different houses and I lost nice. all of them. Because you didn't, you weren't working with a really good real estate agent. This yeah, guy. that could be it. This that guy. could be true. Yeah, okay. but at least in Silicon Valley, the real estate market is very difficult. Like you know, you could be bidding ten percent, twenty percent over in all cash, and you would still lose the house. Yeah. So, what I do is I just invest in standard stocks, and even in stocks, since I'm not getting that leveraged value from being able to get like a mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to do more leveraged investing on stocks. In the past, okay. I have. But these days, I've scaled that back because I find that my stock investing activities, they haven't been going so well. Yeah, so you lost 350000 358000 or something? Yeah, I've been losing a lot more than that, actually. Oh. Um, but, you know, I also kind of counterbalance that. I make some here and there as well. And these days, I tend to be a little bit more balanced in my approach so what i like to do is maybe i'll take like 20 percent bonds 20 maybe 10 percent, 5 percent gold and then i'll take like 45 percent in stocks and then i will also pick up uh maybe some real estate stocks and okay. i might have a chunk in just a savings account which is just earning like two percent cash back got it so far though what would you say are your biggest mistakes and regrets it could be investing or it could be in apps or business or whatever it might be so i think that one of my biggest regrets was perhaps getting too early into day trading right so really becoming overconfident in that in the field that i wasn't too familiar with and i went in there without putting in ways to stop my losses and i think that i probably lost more money than i should have there okay um, I think that another mistake I had personally for me was that perhaps I wish I perhaps got into running some of my own businesses a little bit sooner and focusing not so much on the tech, but on that marketing portion, right? So what I would do is I would spend a lot of time working on coding, making websites and stuff like that. But the thing is, a lot of these platforms for distribution were already pre-set up, right? You could be using YouTube. I got into YouTube probably pretty late. Mm -hmm. But YouTube is an excellent platform di for distribution. And I think that anybody out there, you don't necessarily need to know how to code. You can start putting out products and distributing them on YouTube. And you don't even have to necessarily be a YouTube influencer yourself, right? Like 
you can be working with other influencers, you have a product, and then you can just go ask other people to help promote that stuff for mm. you. So I think that there is this whole hidden revenue stream, right? This whole set of ways to make money that a lot of other people had been getting into, but I had not been focusing at all Got it. on. So then why make YouTube videos? Yeah, I think that to me, I see YouTube videos as kind of the new app platform. So throughout most of my career, I've been looking for platforms with wide distribution, you know, like say the Facebook app platform in which I can be creative and push out products that I might find interesting, right? So the way I see it, YouTube is kind of the new platform in which a lot of people are spending their time on. And it just seemed like a good area for me to start building out an audience there. Mm -hmm. I think it's overall good for business and I can, you know, help promote what I think may be interesting and also teach some of my experience that I have learned over my years of coding. Yeah. Do you think YouTube is going to have more longevity than, let's say, apps, which, you know, obviously kind of peaked and plateaued a little bit? Do you think YouTube might continue expanding even further because it's, you know, almost like a TV? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the age of apps is kind of over, I would say, right? Like apps have really matured these days. And back in the old times, I think that people looked at apps and they thought that they were a very cool technology and everybody was downloading them. But these days, that friction, it's too high, right? Like you have to go there, you have to download an app, whereas YouTube is already there. Mm. And you can just start watching video, getting content, getting value out of that. So I think that for me, the way I see it, that, for example, coding is still a very good skill, but it's not something that you see so apparently. It's not like you create a website and drive users to the website. It's not like you create an app and drive users to the app. It's a little bit more integrated these days, I would say, with maybe like you go watch a YouTube video or an Instagram post, and then from that you get driven to an app or something or a landing page, and then there's some code there that helps facilitate all of that flow. Okay. Um, So then what would be your advice for anyone watching, wanting to become a millionaire in their 20s? What would you say? Now's your chance. Yeah, so let me put it this way. I think that with my current YouTube channel, um, a huge portion of the revenue that I'm making is actually driven through affiliate marketing, right? And oftentimes people will come to me and they'll just say, hey, there's this awesome product that they've built and they want to promote that. And then they'll come to me and then I will work with that person and we may do like a revenue share and promote that. And it makes good money for all of us. And that is something that can be done so fast, right? This is the modern way of marketing Mm -hmm. products. So I think that if you're young and you want to get into the modern way of how businesses are run and you can get this going very easy and fast, You either start like a YouTube channel, right? And you start driving other people's products or you can come up with your own product in whatever niche you may think is interesting and then go to these influencers and have them help promote your product. Mm -hmm. This is what app millionaires have essentially evolved into. You have the influencers and then you have the products and together they can push sales. I think one other key thing to keep in mind is when you're young is that your youth, your time is very valuable and something that you need to treasure here, right? Because at some point, I think that everybody will be pretty rich when they get to age 50, 60. It's not rare for you to see like a millionaire in their 50s or 60s or 70s, right? But those people, they would probably be willing to trade a lot of their own wealth, maybe like hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to just be able to age 
one year less or to be able to become younger. So your youth has value there. And so I think for me, at least one takeaway I had was that when I was making money in my youth, I also made sure to try to realize those gains during that time. Because if I just sat around and waited like a standard person and got to retirement, all of that earnings that I would have made would not have been worth that much because everybody just starts accumulating money towards the end. Got it. So it's really about taking advantage of opportunities when they come up and making the most of it. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, really prioritizing that time value of it, you know. So to me, it's important to recognize that I like to always think about my assets as a combination of time, money, health, and energy, Mm -hmm. right? So you have the money portion, of course, but then not everybody has time to use that money and to enjoy it. Not everybody has the health for it. And then that youth portion, the energy portion, is when you're actually young and able to jump around and enjoy that money, maybe go traveling, maybe go you know, backpacking in hostels and stuff like that. That's also a key portion. If you get to your old age, then you don't have the means to enjoy that money. Yeah, Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching this. I really, really appreciate it. You guys got to check out the Tech Leads channel. I'll link to it down below in the description with, with all of your information. Uh, his name is, officially on his birth record, The Tech Lead. So make sure to go and check that out. Thank you again for watching. If you want to add me on Instagram, I'll plug my Instagram right here. Uh, thank you again for watching, guys, and uh, until next time. And remember to smash that like button with your avocado toast. Destroy it with the avocado toast. Thanks, Anne.